welcome to uh, this week's episode of Bulls in the Ring. It's a little humid out tonight. I, I don't know if you've been outside the last couple of nights, Tom, but it was actually like kind of cool out. Last night was definitely cooler. Oh, I was. I just saw a flash off in the distance. That was really fucking weird. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, it was. It was. It was cooler last night. I actually had to wear a hoodie out here last night. I always. I think I've said on here before. But I always considered August the pregame to fall. I don't know how you feel like that, because but you know it, it used to be always hot in August, and like I think the last like ten years or so, August toward like the middle of the month starts to get a little cooler. So I always kind of we have climate change. Yeah, that's that's the, what it the is. world's supposed to be boiling in any minute. Yeah, well, whatever. But uh, yeah, so I call it the uh, the the pregame for fall. Well, technically, there's a pre-season game for fall right now. Tonight is opening night for the National Football League. Yeah, I believe the Jags are playing. I forget against who. I saw it before, and I said, oh, I don't give a shit. Was it the Saints? <laughs> who fucking cares? <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's um, I just saw it before. It is the Raiders. Jags and the Raiders. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you know when you're no, watch your starters for three plays and then never see them for exa- the rest of the game. Exactly, <laughs> or not see them at all until September second week of September. I, I, I will tell you as a Giants fan, uh, I, I'm not excited for football as I once used to be. When you have six consecutive losing seasons, terrible losing seasons, I might add, it really takes the wind out of your sails. Yeah, I know how the Jets fans feel. What I don't get is, like, the Giants had now, like, their big thing was searching for that that franchise quarterback. Yeah. They supposedly get it with Daniel Jones, but then they literally do not do anything, anything to give him any support. Well, that, that's, that's true and it's not true. Because... They got, you know, they get, they, they have a great core of wide receivers, believe it or not. Uh, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, um, who else, uh, uh, Kadarius Tony, who's a great when he can when he can go he can go. The guy is super fast, but he got hurt a lot last year. Um, so it's not that they don't try; it's their offensive line that just fucking blows. And they made some improvements in the off season for a couple spots. They got they drafted the guy um, number. four. Three or four, he was a tackle, so I'm kind of hoping he does well. It's that offensive line; it's that shit. So it, it's the yeah, they drafted a decent quarterback, but they're not going to do much with him if the guy's going to get sacked every other play or get, like people get let through. So it, it really depends. If they have a good offensive line, they said this year is like make or break. Now, like if if they don't do well, he's he's pretty much gone. Well, I mean, I look at it this way. It, this is when um, Saquon. This is like he's starting to get. To, he's been wanting the league for like four or five years now. Uh, uh, close to it, yeah, three. So he's he's getting up there in age, where now this is the wear and tear on a running back is going to start taking its effect. They need to like well, win not, now. Or... Not for nothing, he hasn't played a full season in like three years. So yeah. <laughs> the wear, what wear and tear? He's barely there. Uh, rhymed. Well, there's a lot, it's a lot more tear. Yeah, well, absolutely. And he's another one, I think. Like, this is like, I think this is his last year 
before he can become a free agent. Like he can, he has to sign the contract at the end of the year. Uh, again, he's uh, when he's healthy, the dude's unstoppable. But he hasn't really shown it. And granted, last year, like he got hurt. I think in week six, like he his first couple games, he was doing shitty, and then he started. He found his footing again. He was actually doing really well, and then he gets hurt. And he was only supposed to be out like four or five weeks, but they decided to hold him off because why rush him back for a losing season? There was they were not playing for anything at that point. So um, I don't know. Fingers crossed. I mean, I don't care if they don't make the playoffs. Just at least like ru- like make a running for it. <laughs> so like if by week seven I can still like watch it. I don't know, man. I get it. I, I don't know. I'm kind of. It's it, gonna be it, very it depre- interesting for me because. Me. I mean, you, you have at least an upside to look forward. I have an unknown. Because the quarterback that I've known for the past, what, like 17 years is gone. Yeah. So, we'll that's, see what the Steelers do. Well, I went through that a couple years ago with Eli. Yeah. You know, that, it's, it's weird. It's going to be weird watching the Steelers and uh, number seven's not there. Because mm. he's been there for, what, 2004, 2005 was his first season? Same year as Eli. Yeah, I think they were all drafted together. Yeah, a lot of those. It's that that core group's gone now. That little like those that yeah, it was bunch him, of quarterbacks. It was Rivers, it was Manning, Eli, and uh, there was one other one. Yeah, there was, and, and I can't think of who who it is at the moment. But you're right, there was a fourth guy, uh, um, uh, Breeze. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. But. Well, we're, Speaking of uh, teams that uh, would be in the uh, bathroom, the <laughs> toilet bowl there, I have a question for you. It's, it's Joe's weekly question. Joe's weekly question. Okay, what's up? When you're driving by someone like on the highway and you see them off of the roadway and you know they're obviously going to pee, you ever like honk at them just to like see their reaction? No, I never see that. Oh, really? No, I never see that. I see people on the side of the road, but they're usually like pulled over by a cop or they're fixing a tire or I'd never seen well, anyone peeing you, you know the uh, the straightaway between Chester and Monroe correct I, I do you know how there's that pull off there yes I do I've well, turned around many times he was he had pulled off over by there and he got out of his car and I could see him running and he was literally trying to like unzip his pants as he was like uh, really yeah <laughs> And as he was doing it, I was just honking at him, you know, giving him like a fist pump, like, "Hey, good for you, buddy." Are you talking about the? Just, are you talking about the pull off between right Chester? after that bridge? Yes. Is, isn't there like a building over there? I thought there was like a massage place in there. No, no, no. This, this, this is on seventeen, the quick white. Seventeen. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, I know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. Yes, I know what you're talking about now. Okay. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. really. <laughs> and I've, I've done this a few times now Whenever I it, it, I mean I get it a lot because of people going upstate New York They're leaving the city <laughs> okay. They hit traffic So it's probably maybe like a two or three hour ride Out of the city at that point They probably have to go They probably don't know where they are They don't want to get off the road So they just pull over And they do it They're Like it's in that area of Monroe You should have yelled out You should have yelled out the window Shake it twice <laughs> And a lot of times it's Hasidics, and like they get the puzzled look in their eyes. Mm-hmm. 
because you know they're going up to the Catskills. I don't ha- I don't honk at those people. Oh, I do. I honk at it. It's like my new thing to do. I honk at people now like do you, that. Do you honk? You just land the horn when you pass the Hasidics. Well, for me, laying on the horn is honking. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So you don't do that. Well, it's not that I don't do, I don't do it. I just don't see it to do it. Okay. Um, again, I like, think if you see it from now on, you should start doing it. I think this should become a national trend. Well, you know what it is? We I call don't, these people out for urinating. I don't really... See, you go... Uh, where I am, there's not a lot of roads like that. There's a lot of them up there in Orange County, but not in Rockland. Um, I'm usually right onto the highway, and then I get off the highway, and I'm on like a lot of back roads. Okay. I just don't really pull off. So... Um, and they're busy yeah, I back got a roads. Majority of highway, pretty much. I would say two thirds of my drive is, mm. eh, maybe a little more. Like, uh, yeah, I would say like more than half. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't see. I don't. I don't. If it, if I do, it's definitely not in recent memory. Mm. Um, but then again, maybe they are taking a leak, and I just don't know. I mean, I'm just uh, I'm I'm naive to it. Oh no, this guy, he was he was definitely going because he was like he like lifted his shirt up. I guess he had his shirt tucked in, he kinda like lifted it out and he was he was going for the unzip. You know how like when you like if you you ever have to like when you you're going home Yes and like you're like, Oh geez, I don't know if I'm gonna make it and you're like hitting the front door and you're unzipping. Oh, oh my god, yeah. He's he was doing that. I mean I could see the sweat on this guy's brow and he was about a hundred feet away. See, See that's that I've I've done that. Do you know where I used to go? My spot. This is my spot. My spot used to be. Now I would go to work at night, and this is when I used to live in up in uh, up in Warwick. And my spot, if I had to really go, whether it's coming home or going to, would be Sterling. I guess I could say it's <laughs> Sterling Forest. Okay. You know that little parking area that's like kind of like in the woods. It it's almost um, if you if you're going into Rockland, it's on the left hand side right before you hit like where Sterling Forest 17? is. Yeah. Yeah, I know right where you're talking. Okay, that's where I used to pull off, and I used to take a leak in there. <laughs> okay. That was my spot. Like I used to always pee in there, especially in the off season. Like, you know, in the winter time or, like, spring. Like, because no one was there. I couldn't do it during the fall. There was too much shit with, like, the haunted houses. But, oh, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, that's, that used to be where I used to go. Now, I've had to do that a couple times. To- like, peeing is one thing. Like, there's been a couple times where I had to bust through the door. I'm like, I can't talk. I had to pee. But when you have to shit, that's a different animal. That's, like, I'm, like... I'm like squeezing my butt cheeks together, crossing my legs, and sweat's pouring down my face. That's a rough one, because you really can't pull. I mean, you could, but I I choose not to pull off. And pull. See, I usually uh, I, I don't get that. I, I've uh, I become a master of my uh, insides, I guess you could Domain. say. Domain. <laughs> yeah, because I remember, and my wife can attest to this. We had to go to a, uh, we were going to an Islander game. It was an Islander home opener, I believe. And we had left my house, and we were going to pick up her cousin in the village of Florida. And right when we got, like, right when we were pulling in this driveway, I'm like, ooh, my stomach feels like I gotta go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, I'll just hold it. She's like, don't you want, just go here. I'm like, ah, I'll hold it. I <laughs> held it deep. 
entire game, you mm-hmm. ride home, and then I, the next morning is when I went. So, like, I can control that pretty good. You know, obviously, uh, the, uh, the squirts is a different story. That There's no controlling that. But I think for just a normal thing, I can kind of troll that very well. And the fact that I don't drink anymore also helps when it comes to, uh, to uh, my pee. I've kind of gotten a little bit better at that. But then, like on road trips, mm-hmm. my wife used to be terrible. Now I become one of the ones that's like, I got to stop. But I also bring like six coffees with me, two waters, like an energy drink. So I'm like drinking, con- I like I drink like fucking fish. Like I'm just drinking water and coffee and everything constantly. So I do have to pee a lot right. more than I, I used to. Because mm. usually when I would drink water before, it was just to replenish all the shit that I dehydrated myself from the night before. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, when you eat light and you, it, that, that's what kind of happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's maybe get into our uh, first story here. And someone who's going to have to pee in public now is uh, Brittany Geiger. Yeah. Uh, in the so, gulag. So a little, a little context. Uh, have we, we've spoken about her before on here. I'm, I'm sure we have. So uh, back in February of this year, she was arrested on drug charges in Russia. Uh, basically what happened was she was carrying a vaporizer cartridge, I want to say, and it had hash oil on it. She was prescribed uh, medical uh, marijuana in, uh, I think it was Arizona, California, one of those two, which is illegal in Russia. It's illegal. Uh, why, I mean, I, I don't think it ever came out why she was prescribed this. I call bullshit. I don't think she was prescribed anything because she's playing in the NBA, so she's fine. <laughs> I mean, no, sorry, the WNBA, sorry. <clears throat> um, so you know they, they she cut a deal uh, to be uh, found uh, to plead guilty and uh, this uh, this afternoon uh, it was reported that she was you know found guilty obviously and sentenced to nine years in prison so good for her yes what I didn't know and I just found this out today was our fantastic president Joe Biden wanted to do an exchange for her. Oh yes, you didn't hear about this? I never knew this. I, I just found this out today. They won he won trade an arms dealer that they that, that's in prison over here in exchange for Griner and another guy who's um who's in Moscow arrested, who's uh he's I don't know what he got arrested. Paul Paul Whelan. Um what is what he, I don't know what he did. Oh he was accused of spying. There you go. Uh he's a, he's a good old Canuck. So I don't mind getting him back, but this is my problem. Okay, I don't I don't want to take this away from from Brittany here, but we're gonna talk about Biden for a second. Now I always thought we don't we don't negotiate with terrorism or anything like that. Now is this in that court or or am I wrong? I think you're wrong because this guy was an arms dealer. He wasn't he wasn't doing acts of terrorism. He was just selling weapons. That could I'm, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about Russia. I thought we weren't supposed like there's been guys who Al Qaeda had and you know and beheaded guys from our country, and we said, well, like you know, they went over there, so that's kind of their. Is that in the same thing or no? Well, no, no, because we we've had uh, I think Biden or uh, Biden, uh, the same difference. 
Obama, when he was in, there was, I think, four or five terrorists that were in Guantanamo Bay, and he traded them off. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, again, see, think you don't hear about it because the media, like, they kept that very hush-hush. But, yeah, they, we, we can do these prisoner exchanges multiple times. So that's okay. Um, who was it? The, uh, the one deserter in the army. They, it might have been him, actually, that they traded for. I can't think of his, his her name, the Ashley, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Manning, or whatever it was. I think they traded her for it, or whatever the fuck she is, for, um, the terrorists. Oh. Alright, I always thought we just didn't do shit like that. Oh, no, no, they, we won't, we won't, um, when it comes to terrorism, we won't, uh, negotiate with them. But so is, if they say, like, if you, if we're gonna blow up this building, unless you give us a billion dollars, we're gonna tell you to go spit. Okay. I see. Alright, so I'm, alright, so I'm, so I guess I'm not wrong to blame Biden, I guess I am wrong to blame Biden, I guess. No, no, you are, because, think about it, this is someone who has a drug offense. Now, now I'm looking at it from America's end, from America's eyes right now. It's someone who's on drugs, and you want to get them back, yes sir, U.S. citizen. But I blame Biden, because if that trade did go through... We're literally giving someone who has now armed terrorists, mm-hmm. um, not only for our country, it could possibly be for our country, but other countries where killings could take place for a, for a, essentially someone with drugs. Now, that that's ridiculous. That's like uh, let's let's uh, release a serial killer, but we're gonna we're, you know we're gonna trade it for a a guy who does uh, you know shoplifting, right? It, 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 the ends don't justify the means when you, in the exchange of who you're giving it to. Now, to go back to her, what, now what makes me mad about this is, like, would they do this for me or you? No. They wouldn't. If I was arrested over there for not. a cartridge, they, they wouldn't fucking trade anyone for me. Fuck, I can go fuck myself. But because she's a quote-unquote star, meanwhile I never heard about her until this last couple of months, that's okay. So we'll we'll trade to get her back. We need her back over here to play play basketball for a, a league that no one gives a fucking spit about. This, now, and everyone online is up in arms. Of course they are because it's a it's a it's a liberal that you know, you know that has to be saved. We got to save them. She knowingly broke the law. Like this isn't this is like I, you know it's not like you're flying from New York to to Florida and you smuggle some weed in your luggage and like oh you get caught like oh that's you know a slap on the wrist you're going to a different country where there's different laws you are knowingly breaking that law for your medical marijuana quote unquote which I call bullshit you think you're thinking I'm above this I if they catch me they can't do anything to me because I'm a big star and your ass got caught and now you have to pay for it. And I'm saying, oh, that sucks. Nine years in a Russian prison, it sucks. But, you know, the old saying goes, you do the crime, you do the time. And now you're going to have to do the time. And now she's getting what she wants. She doesn't have to live in America for the next decade. She doesn't have to hear a national anthem wherever she goes, in the courtyard and in the cafeteria, wherever they have over there. So this is if what she wants. Yeah, this is what she wants. She got away from America. So everyone yeah. wins. Yeah. <laughs> And right. Again, what pisses me off is you have Americans going. She shouldn't be in jail for for drugs, 
in America, yeah. In America, yeah. <laughs> but this is in America. <laughs> and that's exactly it. It's not America. She she doesn't have rights there. If I was to go to, uh, I think it's what, Thailand or Singapore, one of them, and I was to spit gum on the ground, they, they They'll cane kill you. people for that. They yeah. cane people. Again, I think worse. She's in Russia. She's in Russia. She doesn't have rights. Mm. And, you know, they're going, oh, well, it's just a, you know, you, you hear idiots that go, oh, it's just, it's a little marijuana. It's a vape pen. Who cares? You know, she shouldn't be arrested for that. That's not our, that's our laws. That's not their laws. Right. They may, they may find that bad. And you know what? On top of it, I guarantee a lot of what was going on. Is this political from Russia's end? Absolutely. But you know what? Good for them. Because you know what? It, now it's showing how good America has it. I tell you something right now. I bet you, you know, if if Trump wasn't, if this happened when Trump was in office, she'd be, she'd probably be back here because him and Putin were actually they were they were okay with each other, you know. But he'd probably leave her over there. <laughs> but this is the thing too. Which he should. When everyone everyone bitched at Trump when remember when Kim Kardashian came there and wanted to get that one woman free and this and that. Yeah. For the drug charges. For, for marijuana, he did that, and everyone sat there, and, and oh, you know they made fun of him for working with Kim Kardashian and all this, and they bashed the shit out of him. But now that the shoe's on the other foot, this is what happens. And again, with her, she doesn't have rights there. She is not a citizen. And that's where it shows, again, how she hates America. This is the greatest country in the world, because let's put it this way. If, say, a Russian came here and had that, they probably wouldn't be getting nine years in prison. No. So it just shows how fit, and everyone sits there and goes, oh, the, the criminal justice system is broken, and there are things that are broken about it. New York State's bail reform is absolutely ridiculous. We've yeah. talked about a few things on here already about that. Yes, there are some things about the criminal justice system maybe being too soft. They're too soft here. Let's go over there. They're too rough over there, maybe. But you know what? That's their laws. That's how they That's how they rule. When you and go, you know and when we go to, when we when you go to another country, you're supposed to be like on your superb best behavior. Uh-huh. That's how it is. When we go to Canada, like we, you know, you respect you respect their laws. You go to Mexico, you respect their laws. Europe, whatnot. That's how you do it. When you go to Russia, if you if you sell oh shit marijuana, is legal, you know what? I don't want to jeopardize or take a chance. Like I could do without my weed pen for two weeks. I'll be okay. Again, I don't know what she was prescribed for. Probably glaucoma, because that's what they always fucking claim. Or what is it, glaucoma? Where the fuck it is? Glaucoma. Whatever. Just fucking follow the shit, because, you know, you get fucking caught. Like, man, I don't want to fucking end up in a prison overseas over something so ridiculously stupid like a weed pen. That's stupid. That's that's really well, stupid juvenile that, behavior. You know what? As you said, she thought she was above the law. She's there. She was actually there playing in the Russian basketball league, the women's Russian basketball league. I'm sure that they have a team doctor. If she had, and let's say she is just using this for pain, she's a very tall person. She may have joint pain. She's jumping a lot. Mm -hmm. There's wear and tear on her like that. I'm sure in Russia, they can prescribe. If she's under the um, medical advice of a doctor, she could probably take certain things, pending it's not in violation of the league rules. But you know what? She chose to sit there and say, I'm going to do what I want because I'm an American, and I'm going to bring this here. 
and she had this higher than you know holier than now ideology and it burnt her now if this is a, a prescription she people had to have known about this in management especially if she's going over there I'm sure she asked the question well can I bring this she was probably told no I if it's a prescription you got I think you have to clear that kind of stuff um especially when you play for a professional well, sports you're going league through customs I mean let's put it this way if I'm going if I go to uh wherever Jamaica and I buy something there that's not a, like a, that's not legal in the United States and they stop me I have only one person to blame me I'm told not to bring this in they have a spot where you can get rid of it before you enter the country but she didn't do it she didn't declare it and then she got it got found in there this is all on her this isn't on anyone else this isn't this isn't because Russia's a you know the bad former you know USSR commie country it isn't anything with that this is on her this is 100% her fault she put herself in this position, and now she's going to sit there and realize how great America really is. Yeah. This shit wouldn't have happened if it came here. Well, she'll probably go like, "Well, they tried. They didn't save me." Well, you know, I. I... And, and, and she'll become a hero for the left even more now. Oh yeah, she's gonna be a martyr now. Yeah. I, I was. I was very over. I was very happy to see that. I was and. Uh, just because you know, like over you know, over here, you know, you get busted, you go to prison. They send you for two months at some fucking uh, country club, and then you're out in like a month. And you know, now she's she's doing she's doing hard time over there, like literally hard time. Uh, so it, it's gonna be uh, good on her. You know, this is what happens, man. And this maybe this will fucking teach a lesson to everyone else who thinks they are above the law. Just fucking you know, just mind your shit and just. Do what this country asks. You're not going to be there that long. Just get, and get the fuck back over here and do your shit. It's, it's, it's just uh, it's just bullshit. And again, I wouldn't care if this was anyone. If this was my favorite athlete right now and this happened to them, I would still sit there and be like, you know what, shame on you. But where I'm happy about it is the fact that she shit on America. And right now, I guarantee she would stand, she would stand on top of the Empire State Building right now fucking salute the flag if she could to get out of that fucking gulag. Yeah. I mean, all, all the sh- all the shit she said, like I hope she I hope she rots over there, man. She's done. She's done. Just goes around, comes around. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh well. So hopefully we don't have to talk about her for another 9 years. <laughs> Well, I guess someone else, uh, I guess that is uh, kind of fed up with life, and that would be uh, Demi Lovato. Uh, yes, um, Demi Lovato is like the poster child for snowflakes. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's of the snowflake generation. Now, I think it was about a year ago, she, you know, Demi Lovato is a very attractive female, and about a year ago, she uh, cut off all her hair, and announced that she was fluid and uh, wanted to go by the pronouns they, they, them, I think that's what, I think that's what she wanted. Now, she's back to her, she, because she did, what does that fucking mean? I don't don't fucking know. She did some self-reflection and realized that she is a she, (laughs) she, 
she's a she her so she's back to being a woman now this is this is the fucking issue i have with this the they them gender fluid bullshit you can just go back and forth as you fucking please and this is why no one takes this shit seriously okay and I, I think I mentioned this on my on, on a podcast a couple weeks ago, but my wife was talking to someone who's a teacher, and she said, and this 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 girl said that in the school she works at, so many girls there are now considered bisexual or gay because it's such an in thing to do, and it's people like her, Demi Lovato, who make this so like, I don't want to say make it okay, but like just have this uh, they project this this bullshit. On these impressionable minds, it's it's completely for attention. If you're gay, you're gay. That's fine. It's to- if you're bisexual, you're bisexual, and that's fine. But when you're gay one second, and then like two weeks later, like you're like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not. I guess I really wasn't gay. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be bi. And then you're, then you marry a man and have five kids. Like, that's just a conf- to me. Like you're just very confused. And, and I think the main reason why is because all these celebrities and the media project all this bullshit and like, and like all these movies now and they, they always interject a gay character or a non, uh, non-binary, I think it's called. Yeah, whatever that means. Yeah, all this, all this, all these labels, like everyone has to be labeled now, like everyone needs to be labeled as something, like you just can't be this normal person. I'm a normal guy. You're a normal guy. Like, we're just... This is us. But these people have... They, they want to stand out. Like, you're not some fucking celebrity. Like, you're just a normal person. No one gives a fuck what you are. Really. I don't give a shit. Do you give a shit? And this is, and this is the big thing, too. They want to all have these labels. But if there's a guy who's... You know, and it was always used as the term machismo. If there was a, a macho guy who, you know, who showed... Charisma and all this that was shunned upon but these people can act like wackos and we have to accept it you know we have to give them their proper pronouns and this and that but then the problem I have too is now she didn't do anything she just said oh I'm I'm gender fluid I'm this I'm that I'm I'm uh, transgender and she didn't do anything like I'll hand it to uh to um Bruce Jenner yeah I was gonna bring that up too Bruce he, he thought it he lived it this right. one, she just did it for attention. And how many young girls that liked her now sat there and said, you know what? Well, maybe I'm going to be like her and did stuff, took hormones, did, um, you know, cosmetic surgery to change them, how they physically looked. And now they're looking at her going, well, she changed back. And now I don't think I'm going to be, you know, I, maybe I was wrong about this. Right. And now, now it's going to ha- start bringing up mental health issues. And the thing that's not talked about in this community and again, you do you. I don't care. But you know what? You you change yourself like that. The suicide rate in the, in the even just the um, LGBTQABCDFG community is so high that you know what? Now when some of these kids kill themselves because of what she just did, she ought to be canceled. This ought to be a, this should be a cancel culture on her. Mm-hmm. Right. Because. She sat there and she she manipulated minds because of her popularity and her influence. And now there's there's families, there's children that are dead, and there's families that are suffering because of this woman. Yeah. And that's what she is. This woman. I don't care. 
She could change it back tomorrow. This woman. Because at the end of the day, deep down in the, in the most minute quality of her life, the chromosomes, she's a woman. Because yeah. again, she could die, and in 500 years, they dig up her bones and they do a, a, a DNA test and you know a chromosome test. It's going to show she was a woman. And this is where I have the big problem with it. If you want to do something, go ahead and do it. I don't care. It's not it. It's not my choice. It's your choice. You want to do this, do it. But at the end of the day, you can't change the way that you were born. You 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 pretty much said it. Like this girl just craves attention. She doesn't. Mm-hmm. She's a singer. I think she maybe had like two hits. Um, if she didn't do all this shit, you probably wouldn't hear about her. You, no. She's not on. She. I don't see her on anything. She's not like MTV is MTV now. But what, what else do you know her for? I know her as the girl who doesn't know what the fuck she is every year. <laughs> Let's put it this way: if she was a um, a cashier at the local Piggly Wiggly in fucking South Carolina, no one would know who she is. But because she had influence, she sat there and thought, "Oh well, I need. You know, I haven't had a hit in a few years. Let me throw my name back into the attention realm, and here it is." Right. And that's all it comes down to. She it needs is. attention. Yeah, it is. It's it's. Because at the end of the day, it's because she didn't have any self-esteem. She has no. Just, just to me, is a horrible person. Well, she's a piece of garbage. And you know what's funny? I know that you said that she's attractive, bro. I never found her attractive. She used to be. Not now. Not God. Not now. But she she was like a very attractive girl. She had a lot. She she's also was known for having a massive amount of issues. Like, she's gone on record, like, I was bullied, and I was called fat, and, uh, you know, she did a lot of drugs, and all this other crap, so she, whatever happened, I don't know what the fuck happened to this girl, she had a lot of, she has a lot of problems, she's not all there, alright? you know what, the kid in the, in the kid in, when we grew up, in our generation, and generations before that, you know what they did? They lived with it. They didn't do these wacky, wild things, and right now, all these kids that are being bullied and being taunted and this and that instead of sitting there fighting for themselves and you know what maybe punching that the the kids that are making fun of them in the face they don't do that they hide behind these pronouns or if they are going to be extreme they go to the the farthest level and they do these shootings because again yeah mental health yeah well mental it's a big issue in this company uh, company in this (laughs) in this country it's a big issue you know what you're getting bullied, and I said this to my kids. If you're getting bullied, and you get into a fight at school, and you get suspended, I'll support you. Oh yeah, I, you I stood up for yourself. Oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I, I'm gonna tell my my kids that. Like, stand up for yourself. Stand up for yourself. You know, you if you get if you punch someone in self defense, I'm you're not gonna get in trouble from me. <laughs> yeah, do not be a doormat. Yeah, like I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll be like, oh, come on, you know, like. I'll have to act like I am, but like I'm gonna be like, you know, you stood up for yourself. I'm proud of you. Fuck it. So you suspended two days. No one's gonna give a shit about that in six years. No one's oh, gonna no. care. I would go to the school and I would fight on that hill. I would die on that hill for that one. Hmm. You know, my kid was getting bullied, and you know what they did? They stuck up for themselves because you know what? The world's hard. It it, it isn't all fucking strawberry shortcake and fucking rainbows. She stood up for herself, and you know what? She punched that girl in the face and gave her a broken nose. And you know what? That girl probably won't make fun of her again. Do you? Did you ever see the video of? Uh, it was some. I think it was some Australia. 
it's an old video. It's probably from like 10, 12, 15 years ago. They call them, uh, do you know who Zangief is? Zangief, Zangief is uh, a uh, character from Street Fighter 2. Oh, okay. So, the big Russian guy. You say it differently than I do. What do you call him? Zangief? Yeah. Yeah, I, I used to call it that too. Uh, I don't know why I said Zangief. But anyway, so they call him Zang Zangief Kid. And there's a video of this big, big like, kind of portly kid. And he was getting picked on this by this small kid. He looked like Squints from Sandlot. He's picking on him, picking on him. This big kid picks this kid up and just slams him on the fucking ground. And everyone just started cheering into school. And, you know, he stuck up for himself. And that's what you got to fucking do. Like, fucking knock these kids silly, man. That's the only way they're going to stop. You know, yeah. don't don't bring a gun to school and shoot up God. Don't fucking do that shit. Knock the fucking motherfuckers' lights out. So you get suspended for, for a week or so. I'd rather you be suspended and stuck up for yourself than just sit there and take it. You know, I'd rather be I'd rather be expelled for that. If because you want to know why? Like how we go to the cabin and we reminisce about all the old stories from school. If we were in that class and we saw whoever Joe Smith beat the shit out of this one kid who always got picked on, Joe Smith would still be a hero to us. We would still talk about him going. Remember that time when we in the cafeteria where fucking Joe Smith beat the living balls out of fucking, you know, whoever, yeah. Zach Morris? We, we would talk about that, and that kid would be a hero. He'd be a legend for years Well, that's not that's not always true. I, I did see an incident that did happen like that, and we still make fun of that guy. So we... He deserved it, though. Right. Well, anyway. Oh, yeah. So that's just, that's just you know, our two cents on that thing. Um... So, this next one, um, we should have talked about it last week, and we both kind of just completely forgot about it. If you've been following the podcast for the last couple of years, you know that uh, Tom and I love wrestling. Well, Tom used to. Wrestling. Wrestling. Um, the, probably the biggest news in a, lo in a really long time, uh, dude, uh, Vince McMahon retired. He stepped down from his position as CEO and as... Uh, and uh, everything else he did, did with WWE uh, after 40, I think after 40 years, they said. Um, Vince and took over right when we were pretty much being born, like in the early 80s. It was about that. He bought it from his dad. Um, and now he, obviously he, he retired because of, there's all these allegations against him, which I kind of had a feeling was going to happen. Um... And in his place, uh, his daughter, Stephanie McMahon, and uh, this other guy who was underneath them, Nick Khan, now they are co-CEOs of WWE, and Triple H now is head, um, head of creative. Now, head of creative means he's the guy now that calls the shots when it comes to wins, who wins, who loses, pretty much anything you see on TV, he is now in charge of that. And that's the, this is the first time in 40 years now that someone, other than a McMahon, is calling, like, the shots on TV well, and Pat stuff. Pat Patterson kind of have that role? Um, Pat Patterson was, like, the right-hand guy, and what he did was he helped, he was a producer, and he okay. helped put the matches together. Like, if you ever seen Warrior and Hogan from WrestleMania Six? That was Pat Patterson who helped put that together, and that's probably why it was it's a great match. 
Um, he, he was known as like a genius with that. So, but Vince McMahon was the guy who, he was like the booker. You always hear about Dusty Rhodes as the booker and Ric Flair as the booker and such and chat in WCW. Vince McMahon was the booker and he was always the booker. No one else, he was the one who ultimately decided who wins and who loses. Who gets the championship? On everything. Everything. His his hand was in every pot. Now it's Triple H, and a lot of people are very excited now because WWE in the last 10, 15 years has really gone down in terms of like um, how yeah, like it's just been very repetitive. Um, now this happened last week was SummerSlam, which is weird because SummerSlam was always in August. Now it's, it was in July this year. Um, and that show, and the reviews on that show were, like, incredible. And then Monday Night Raw uh, this past week, a lot of reviews were really good, too. And a lot of people now are excited for this new era, so to speak. And it, and it showed on TV. There was a lot there was a lot less silly angles. There was a lot more wrestling. It was, it was really good, actually. It was very entertaining. But here's my prediction on this. And I could do a whole hour on this, but I'll refrain myself. I don't think he's 100% retired. Because last Monday, Vince McMahon likes... As much of a genius he is, he has an ego. And he, he you know, he's like any billionaire. They pretty much just said at the beginning of the show, like, you know, Vince retired, and it was Stephanie McMahon who made this announcement. She goes, Vince has stepped down, and now, now it, it's we stepped up, and we're going to start, you know, this is the new era, blah, blah, blah. There was no big send-off for Vince McMahon. I don't think that would sit well with him, and I just don't think he's... I think once all this stuff blows over, I think he'll come back. That's right. That's 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 my prediction on this. So I don't think he's completely done yet. Okay. This is hopefully my take, and it can kind of go twofold because if now Triple H is doing essentially what Vince was doing, mm-hmm. Triple H is what our age or a little bit older? Oh, he's way older. He's I think he's like fifty. Is he fifty? He's way older than us. <laughs> even better. He's 50. He grew up when he was a teenager in the era of the storyline. And yes. this is my big complaint with wrestling. He was there for the year-long storylines, you know, where it was the build-up, 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 and it all culminated at WrestleMania. Yeah. I'm hoping that he does that. Oh, so are a lot of people. I, and the only thing I'm worried about is... He was a wrestler during that whole, what I call it like, it was like the transition phase. It was the transition phase out of the long storylines and into the more of the extreme end of wrestling, where it wasn't, to me, good. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the tables, ladders, and chairs match, all, all those things, where it kind of got a look like you weren't a wrestler, you were more of a acrobat, stuntman type of wrestler. Right. I would like it to get back to, you know, and we I've talked about this a million times, the Bob Backlunds, the Bret Hart's, the guys that actually wrestle. And I hope that he can maybe 
look back to his childhood and reflect on that and see how it was and go back to it. Well, he he has proven himself because he, for years, ran the uh, their minor league, NXT. And people praised NXT. People loved NXT because it did just that. They had their four pay-per-views a year, just like how WWF used to be. You had long storylines. You had great character building. It was amazing. You know, AEW came along and sort of stole that thunder from them. Um, but people loved... People, Triple H, for the longest time, was hated because he was a wrestler who was dating then married to, to the boss's daughter. So he, you know, he was always winning championships. He was always winning matches. So for the longest time, he was very hated. And then he sort of kind of took a step back and he started running NXT and now he's beloved. <laughs> so, um, so he has proved himself that he can do it and he can really do it really well. So a lot of people now online on the internet are like, they're, they're starting to watch WWE again, and Raw this past Monday was the highest-rated Raw in about two and a half years. Um, so it, it's it's starting off on the right foot, and it's going it's going well so far. Like one of the things he bought, he, this uh, one woman wrestler, Dakota Kai, who we I think was in our tournament of uh, best-looking wrestlers. She was released in April. He bought her back. Uh, he uh, did a few other things. Like he just he ran a really great show. Like I, I said before, like Raw was full of like these matches that went like twenty minutes long. Uh, there was no like silly backstage segments. Everything kind of flowed really nicely. So it's it's going to be exciting going forward. Wrestling is is pretty like if you follow wrestling, it's a good time to follow wrestling because there's a lot of it and there's a lot of good stuff going on. It's not as popular as it was when we were growing up or like during like the Attitude Era. Um, it's just kind of like, I don't want to say it's there. It's just, it's like the NFL. Like it's there, but it's popular. Um, but it, it's just a good time to kind of be a wrestling fan. If you weren't watching WWE because it sucked. Uh, now is probably a good time to kind of hop back on just to see like how it's changing. So it, see, that's it's exciting. That's my only fear too is that he gets into that um, that attitude era where it was so like over the top and you always had to keep going more and more. Where I think if you just do a generic storyline, build good characters. It, when you think about it, wrestling is a soap opera for guys. Right. Do it that way, and I think you're going to have a winning recipe. It's, it, it worked that way from the fucking turn of the century all the way up till, you know, up until what? For like 100 years, it was that. It was, yeah. you know, um, loser leaves, you know, town match. It was shave your head match. It was, it was stuff like that, and it was personalities and people actually being personable, like bringing in their real live wives things like that you know the Jake the Snake Rick Rude thing mm -hmm. there, there was it was personal like that and people relate better to that as opposed to just wacky shit oh yeah and they and they do you're right and, that, and that's and that's what he did with NXT like there was um, some great feuds during his time when he ran it uh, now I guess he's kind of running it again um, but you know you mentioned the Attitude Era Attitude Era happened because that's just kind of how wrestling 
went. Like ECW became very popular, and WWE. Yeah, WWF was you know the mid '90s. They weren't that good, um, so they kind of had to evolve, and that's just how the '90s were. Like, I mean, you saw how we were in the '90s. <laughs> it was it was all about like blood and guts and just aggression and all that stuff. So it, it was a change that kind of had to happen for them. Um, because they were they were losing badly and they were close to coming out of business, going out of business. Sorry. Um, so they had to make that change, but uh, we'll see. I mean, the only time will tell. At six months from now, we could say, "Oh, Vince is back," <laughs> and then there's all this shit's for nothing. So, time will tell. Yes. Right. You a little warm out there? Mm-hmm. You're uh. Cooling your brow with your uh, drink there. Yeah, I have a white. I have a white claw. It's Thursday, so I figure. Over. I don't drink. I don't, I don't. I. You know, it's funny. I don't really. Uh, not to steer away. I don't drink. I really try. I don't really drink beer, like real beer, that much anymore. Um, just because it's just so filling and just so like fattening, and I try. I really try to refrain myself from. From drinking beer and and you know white claws it's like you know it's like a seltzer hard seltzer so it kind of hydrates you at the same time it's less calories so it's uh that's kind of what i even really if i really need a drink i'll have a white claw oh i don't know <laughs> anyway well you've definitely changed i have yeah you were always a beer guy and now you're you're, you're evolving yeah, well, I still like I still like having a beer every now and then, but I really have kind of evolved. Like, I, I not evolved, but like now, like I'll have like um, I have like some Metallica whiskey inside. Like on a Friday, I'll have a glass of that with a cigar instead of having a beer. Um, I don't have any beer in the fridge downstairs. Um, I, I just don't really I don't drink it that much, except if like I'm like like when I'm on vacation or something, I go to like the bars or something like that. I'll, I'll have a beer. But or we're at the cabin, but I really don't drink. Uh, I don't drink beer that much anymore. I really don't. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a transition is good, but then a transition can be bad. Mm-hmm. And that would be uh, Amber Luke. Amber Luke. Yeah, I guess uh, she's known on the internet as what Dragon Girl. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand this one. This one just this. We haven't had it in a while, but even though uh, Brittany Geiger is up there for being dumb, <laughs> doing stupid things, I think this girl is even, she's our dumbass of the week. I would put her in that category. Oh, without a doubt. This is a, uh, I guess a model. I don't know if she was just an Instagram model or an actual published model, but she has now um, transitioned from being a good-looking blonde to a dragon. More or less, yeah. And she was very, I'm looking at a picture, like, beautiful girl. Yeah, before this. Beautiful. Absolutely, yeah. Stunning. And has now literally changed her entire look to be completely covered in tattoos. uh, And now looks like a freak. You would go down to Coney Island and see her at the freak show. She would fit in very well at Coney Island as the dragon. She has a fourth tongue. Uh, I'm looking at a picture right now, but this is, you know, she identifies as a dragon, Tom, and we, who are we to, to be in her way of this? Um, she spent $250,000 on tattoos, piercings, and surgery 
to achieve this look. This is from the Daily Mail UK. She's Australian. Um, 27 years old. Uh, she has 600 tattoos which cover 99% of her body, sometimes making her daily life challenging. Um, I'm, I, her, this is her quote. I am getting very heavily tattooed, but I'm not harming anyone in the process. She added that everyone is entitled to their opinion, but she finds it distressing when people make unkind remarks in public, especially when they say she has ruined her looks with tattoos. Well, you have. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. Um, and you know who else she's harmed? Her future kids, because when she shows up to like parent-teacher conferences, what the fuck's everyone going to think? She's at the fucking, you know, at a uh, soccer game for her daughter. They're going to be looking at her like, what a freak. And I'm sorry, this is, I get getting tattoos, you know, you get a sleeve of tattoos, you might get your back done, but to literally have it everywhere, including your face, like, what do you think? Like, being a model isn't going to last forever, so what's she going to do when she's 40 years old and wants to go get a job as a bank teller, and, you know, you you roll up to the, the, the window and you see fucking, you know, someone who should be in Coney Island trying to hand you money. I'd be freaked out. Well, I mean, look, this this comes with the territory. You got to expect this kind of stuff. If you want to do this to the outside of your body, look, go ahead. I don't give a shit. But when you say, oh, people stare at me and they say I ruin my body, well, what do you think they're going to fucking say? Oh, you're cool. Like, maybe a 13-year-old will say that. Like, wow, you're, you're a dragon? That's so awesome. Yeah. You did. Because you know what? In 30 years from now, you're going to look back and you're going to think, what the fuck did I do? So, yeah, so she kind of, she ruined her looks. I mean, it's, yeah, okay, it's, it's great for her now, which I said she's 27. She's still young. It, it's, when you're 50, it's not going to, those tattoos are going to be all wrinkly and faded, and you're going to look like shit. That's yeah, what I don't get is, about this stuff. And that's the thing. Like, the more defined of a tattoo, like, and hers are very intricate. You know, they're like scales and this and that. They're eventually just going to turn into, like, her whole skin just being a mess. black. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you like so, touch it up every now and then, but like that's you know, I mean you're not gonna have this much money here somehow. Yeah. yeah. And again, you spent a quarter million dollars on this. How much money do you think you're gonna make on this in your career? You know, like she's gonna have to do something and let's Tony put it Island. <laughs> it's more than likely gonna have to be like OnlyFans because there's a niche for it. You know, she's in a very niche um genre if you will of lifestyle it's going to be that so like again when the money runs dry from you being a model you know you have a kid you, you, you know you get a little bit big you got stretch marks or whatnot if you can even see them through all the tattoos right you're going to be like what the hell and then again it's the it's the look on your you know your kids and your grandkids like you know the first time your grandkids sees you and they're like fucking terrified because you look like a freaking monster what do you, like, you don't think that's going to affect people? Like, having that attitude of, oh, it doesn't hurt anybody, it does. It does hurt people. Yeah. Yeah. Because let's put it this way. Even when we were growing up, I mean, tattoos were not, um, I think right when we were probably getting out of high school or getting into high school is when they, I think, more or less became more mainstream. Mm-hmm. But, like, when we were kids, when we were 8, 10 years old, and we saw a guy with tattoos. We were like, we were scared of them because they were like, you know, it was 
other than like the military ones, which were very subtle. But like, yeah. if you saw a guy with full sleeves, you're like, oh, that's a biker. Absolutely. Like, you had that. You had that. It, it's a stereotype. Mm-hmm. You're right. And it now, was. And now this chick is going to have this for the rest of her life. And think about it. When she, like, say she looks back and goes, you know what? This was a fucking mistake because at 40, I got no money. I'm out $215,000 because of me doing this. And I can't get a fucking regular job without being deemed a freak. Now what? Like, she's literally has, like, a few options. Like, move to Brooklyn because that's where you're going to have to work. You know, I'm going to have to be a fucking, you know, work on the circus if there is even any that are still active. Yeah. You literally pigeonholed yourself in a, a very small career opportunity because of doing this. Absolutely. Now, lucrative, but in 10, 20 years, you're going to be fucked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at these pictures of her. I mean, I, I mean, it's everywhere. It's on her ass. <laughs> it's on her chest. It's everywhere. But it's not even like... All scales. Yeah, I mean, it's just. It's, it's just like sense. nonsense. Like there's a picture of a head behind her right thigh. Like a guy with his. It looks like the Undertaker, kind of, with his eyes rolled back and like an upside down. I don't know. Maybe it's Charlie Manson. I don't know who the fuck it is. The only way. The only spots are not covered on her are like her nose and like the her cheek, cheeks. Her cheeks. Yeah. Unless that's changed. Oh no. I'm sorry. I'm looking at her now. It, it, that's the nose is still not covered, but. The cheeks are... So that's the 1%. Yes. Yeah, oh, no, I'm sorry. There's two claw marks. I, I'm looking at pictures of, like, a progression. Like, it's just... It's, it's getting worse and worse as so I keep going down. <laughs> so, but it's it's everywhere. What a shame. Because she's beautiful. And now she's a fucking... A, a dragon person. <laughs> yeah. I guess she's not hurting anybody, and I, I understand that. But don't sit there and complain that people are making you feel bad because you, you did all this stuff to you. Because it's, it's literally a self-inflicted wound. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah, and she is on OnlyFans apparently. There you go. Yeah. Well, just she uh she did seventy thousand dollars in extreme body modifications, including a tongue split. Breast augmentation, cheek and lip and lip fillers, pointed implants in her ears, and a Brazilian butt lift. Oh, so the butt's not even real. None of it's real. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry she's feeling like shit, but... Again, like, you, you do this to yourself, but what do you, what do you expect? Like, you're not gonna... Maybe in New York you'll kind of walk around and no one will give a shit, but... Uh, elsewhere, like... People are going to point and stare, and that's just kind of, you know, Well, I mean, I've always did. even thought about that. Like, you get, like, these girls that, like, they, all they do is squats, and they want this big ass. But you know what? Like, look at in the um, the 90s when it was that heroin chic, and everyone was paper thin. Mm-hmm. You know, beauty and fashion go hand in hand, and times change. And these girls that are working on getting this big butt, you know, from doing all these squats and doing all this workout, when finally, like... It's not chic anymore. They're going to be walking around with these big badonka asses, and everyone's going to be like, you know, it's going to take, if anything, it's going to take surgery to fix it. Or you're going to have to, like, really do an extensive amount of. I don't even know if you can go back from that. You know, like, are you going to have, like, stretch marks on your ass? I, I never I, understood that. Yeah, I don't know. You have to kind of keep up with it. 
Just like yeah, any other body part. You know? And in time, you know, how's that going to take place? You know, listen, yeah. uh, as we've gotten older, me and you can attest to it. It's harder to lose weight. It's harder to, you know, I, I mean, I, I lost a good amount of weight, but I still have you essentially work. A, a small stomach, if you will, a gut. It's hard to, like, really tighten that up. And, but you got to keep working on that. You can't just, like, yeah, like I mean, I kind of stopped. I stopped I stopped running and stuff, and I gained a couple pounds back. It, it, it's just, when you reach 35-ish, well, actually, no, I'm sorry, 30. I'll, I'll go even far as say 30. you got to keep up or goodbye. Yeah, whatever. That's why I never understood those girls with the, you know, like, oh, I want this big butt. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's fashion now thanks to, like, you know, the Kardashians and this and that. But when it no longer, and again, you know, beauty goes in different ways. You look at Marilyn Monroe. She was, you know, everyone looks at Marilyn Monroe as the original, like, sex symbol. She was a thick woman. Yeah, she was. She had big hips. Yeah. And then it went down to, like, that twiggy you know, uh, look. Mm-hmm. Then in the then the eighties, it kind of got you know that uh, you know the supermodel, the tall statuesque ones, and then it got to the heroin chic, and like it's always every decade, it's a different look. It and, is, yeah. And in ten years from now, all these women with these you know apple bottom asses are going to be fucking getting plucked out of uh, not being good looking anymore, and yeah. it's going to be you know, yeah. and that's just going to send up more fucking things where like. Plastic surgery is going to be needed, and this, that, and the other is going to be needed, and it's probably probably driven by, you know, the media and whoever's got money, mm-hmm. i.e., doctors and health, you know, people. They're going to say that this isn't healthy anymore, and you're going to see all this change. And again, that's where I just like kind of being me. That's right. Don't and don't you change, Tom? I always uh, I always think of uh, Munson. Don't go a changing. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. God, do I love that movie. Yeah. All right, well, it's that time of the week where we uh, we got a pair of specs. Mm. So into the graveyard we go. The graveyard is getting full. We have to buy some more plots of land. Uh, so first Luckily, up... Luckily, no mobsters this year, or this week. No, thankfully not. Um, so our first stop is to uh, Nichelle Nichols, or you nerds might know her as Uhura. Uh, from the original Star Trek. Excuse me. Um, she was in the original Star Trek. She uh, she was made, uh, I guess, history. Um, she had the very first interracial kiss on television with William Shatner. Um, and uh, after that was kind of done, she did some volunteer work for NASA. So she always was always very into space, this woman. Uh, she uh, passed away at the ripe old age of eighty-nine. I mean, when you when you think about that, it, like, what a great, like, a very smart woman. She sat there and had her, if you will, um, typecasting, mm-hmm. and then moved into out of the, the entertainment field into promoting something that at that probably at that time was extremely popular. You know, in the eighties, they were shooting up, you know, oh, space and- shuttles. Oh, yeah. Everyone fucking... I mean, I remember watching shit on TV about that going up. Mm -hmm. She she hit the stride right at the perfect timing. She really did. And she rode Uhura all the way to the end. I mean, she must have made 
a massive amount of money from conventions. Uh, she was in, um, I mean, she's synonymous with Star Trek, just like William Shatner and uh, uh, George Takei. Um, Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, Leonard, again, was, I, how can I forget Leonard Nimoy? <laughs> um, but she uh, she did a lot of other stuff, too. She was in uh, Tarzan, the original Tarzan movie and uh, TV show. Um, did some voiceover work for uh, Batman the Animated Series, Gargoyles, uh, Futurama, uh, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, Simpsons. I, I can keep going here. I mean, she so she... And even Star Trek Prodigy, which is an animated series going on right now, she, Yuora again, uh, so she was yeah, working. She was doing work with, working with Star Trek up until the end. I think in the past few years she's been in two different series with mm-hmm. it. You know, probably doing you know cameos, if you will. But oh yeah, it was in there. Now I was never a big Star Trek guy, so I didn't really. I, I, I know her, and I know, like, the main people, but I, I didn't really get into it. Um, but very, very popular with uh, that crew, that group of people. Um, in late 2015, she flew aboard NASA's Stratospheric Observat- Observatory for Infrared Astronomy. God damn, that's a mouthful. Boeing 747SP, which analyzed the atmospheres of Mars and Saturn on an eight-hour high-altitude mission. So she, she really kind of just... I mean, I don't know if she was into space before Star Trek or if that just kind of um, influenced her to, to kind of go into this, but she she didn't fuck around, man. She she's, hey, she went to NASA and was like, I'm here and I'm willing to do anything you want me to do. Uh, so good on her. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, smart way of doing it. I, I mean, you gotta think, if you're working for NASA, you gotta be fucking smart. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, again, good for her. I, I, I give her a lot of respect for that. Like, she kind of, a lot of people, a lot of actors, like, especially that, like, they had that popular character, they kind of stick with that. But this, she's like, you know what, like, I'm not going to be this forever. Like, I'm going to do something else with my time. Maybe bring some attention to this program because I'm, I'm popular with this, this, uh, you know, these people who love Star Trek and I'll bring their attention to this. So, again, just, uh, a lot of respect for that. I, I like. I like that. I like that this woman kind of didn't just. She wasn't like a one-trick pony. She she knew what she wanted to do, and she just dove right into this. And she didn't just fuck around and say I support NASA. She did shit with them. Um, she volunteered her time in a special project with NASA to recruit minority and female personnel for the space agency. Um, she began this work by making an affiliation between NASA and a company which she helped run which is called Women in Motion. Um, so, very busy woman. And, and uh, you know, 89, that's a long time. So she, she lived a really good life. And uh, God bless her. She worked that. right up till the end. Yeah, she really did. Really. You know, and I, again, we talked about this a few weeks ago with, like, Clint Eastwood still being, like, you know, playing those macho roles at that age. I may not like that, you know, him doing that because it's not realistic. But I enjoy actors that work all the way up until the end. I do too. Christopher Lee, like you know what? It shows that you got a work ethic. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't you didn't sit there and make your millions and then you kind of don't do anything anymore. And like, yeah, again, like she she worked a lot, and and plus like the conventions alone, she must have made a bank. Because how many Star Trek conventions have been there had there been in the last fifty years? 
I think Star Trek conventions kind of like were like the beginning of conventions. Like I think that kind of started before Comic Con and any other shit. So she must have made a killing on that just alone, and then just to be with. I mean, she volunteered for NASA, so I don't think she made too much on that. But she she did a lot with her life. I mean, I'll say this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out. The one thing that Star Trek, and I, I'm more of a Star Wars fan. Same. For Star Trek, the conventions I think are bigger than the Star Wars conventions because hands down, absolutely. Gonna, like, all right, you have. Carrie Fisher, um, Mark Hamill, and Harrison Ford. Those are your three main ones from Star Wars. Right. But like Chewbacca, C3PO, all those it's a guys. Core, it's a very core base that's built off those original films, and that's all, that's all people really care about. And there's a hierarchy there. You yeah. have your main ones, and then you have your second-tier guys. The second-tier guys will go out and do everything. Now when you look at Star Trek... It's, it was Leonard Nimoy, it was William Shatner. They were at a lot of conventions, maybe not as much as the second-tier guys, but when it comes to the second-tier people, they were... Star Trek, I think, well goes ahead of Star Wars in regards to that. Well, I mean, you want to talk about second-tier, because you had the original Star Trek, then you had The Next Generation, which was, dare I say, just as popular mm-hmm. as the... I mean. Next, I mean, when I was a kid, I always remember the Next Generation being on. It was on Channel Eleven. It was always on Channel Eleven when I was growing up. And uh, 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 Patrick Stewart. Um, I don't know their names. I'm not a Star Trek, but I, but I can recognize that there was that guy with the visors ac- across his eyes. The black uh, guy the guy with from, the beard. Uh, the guy from Reading Rainbow. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was the the guy with the, that like distinctive beard. Yes, yeah, I, I know, I know who you're talking about, but I, I don't know his name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so there was the Borgs. There was the Borgs. I know them. Yeah, and if you if someone's watching Star Trek or any Star Trek fans right now or listening to this, they're going to be screaming at us to not know the names because they know the names. And you know what's funny is that, and I I believe I said this on before. Star Trek is something that would be so up my alley. I love sci-fi shit and aliens and, like, that Star Wars stuff. But I just never... And I've tried. I've tried sitting down and watching The Next Generation a couple times just to see if I, if it would stick with me. And I just... I couldn't do it. But it's a, it's a, it's a series that's been on since the 60s. You had, you had Deep Space Nine... Uh, Voyager. Voy- yeah, Voyager. Like, it's it's a show that, like, in s- one way or the other, is, yeah, it's it's always on. Even now, there's an animated series. I think uh, Picard- there's a show called Picard out there with Patrick yep. Stewart. It's, like, uh, it's on one of those streaming channels. So there's multiple uh, shows on as we speak. It's, it's just, it's enormous. And you're right, I believe it is bigger than... Star Wars, because Star Wars is built around that original trilogy, and it, as as much shit as there is out there, it always it always comes back to that original trilogy. Whereas Star Trek, you have numerous shows that have like their own fan base. Yeah, gener- gen- it's another one. Numer- well, I meant generations watching it. Oh yeah, well, there's a generations movie. <laughs> generations watching generations. Yeah, so each show has like their own hardcore fan base that has thousands and thousands of people who follow it so it, it's it's a big community um, and that's the other thing too Star Trek is multiple stories Star Wars is one big story 
granted, they've started the, you know, now with the, uh, the Disney Plus series, they've kind of made it that way, but it's going to take them a long time to catch up with that. Star Trek has been doing it for, like you said, 50, 60 years. Yeah. Star Wars has just started doing it. I mean, I wish this was around, like, when we were young, after Return of the Jedi, there was nothing. Unless you read those books, which, I mean, you had to be a hardcore Star Wars fan to dive into that, but no one really read the books that I knew of. Maybe, like, a few people. What are books? What was that? What are books? Yeah, exactly. But from 83 to 99, we had nothing to go on. We yeah. really we had nothing. So and nowadays, Star Wars is everywhere. So this younger generation doesn't know what that's like. They they just know Star Wars is always being around. For us though, there was sixteen years of just nothing. You just watch those original, and I think that's why this the fan base is so attached to those original movies because that's all we knew, and that's what we kind of went on. There was no prequel trilogy. There was no Clone Wars. There was no sequels. There was no Boba, Boba Fett show or Mandalorian. There's countless stuff out there now, but we didn't have that. And that's what I think why everyone hates the prequel and the... Well, the, the sequels suck. <laughs> the yeah. sequels are fucking awful. The prequels, I will admit, over time, I've liked a lot better now. You know, I, I've grown to like them. They're not fantastic movies, um, but they're not as bad as when I originally thought. But well, because you had such an expectation. Exactly. I mean, that first, that first uh, movie, episode one, was just man. Like you couldn't, you you couldn't promote a bigger movie. Yeah. I mean, that was hyped. I remember for a year, that was hyped. So. All right. Well, let's let's move on. Um, Next up, we have uh, Pat Carroll. Um, you might not know who she is, but you probably know her voice. Um, she voiced Ursula, who was the main villain from The Little Mermaid. Um, she also was in uh, The L- Vernon Shirley Show. She was on ER. She uh, she uh, was a Emmy, Grammy winner, and a Tony Award nominee. Uh, she was 95 when she passed away. But she... Uh, she always did the voice of Ursula, so if you've ever seen a TV show or a video game or a movie at Ursula, she did that voice. Like, no one else ever did that voice. And it's funny because my daughter, in the last couple months, has really been into Little Mermaid. She loves Little Mermaid. And I just looked her up not that long ago, and I was like, oh, wow, she's still she's still alive, and she's still doing the voice of Ursula. And uh, the other day, I get the news that she passed away. Uh, again, 95 years old, a long, long long time um what else has she done um a career that dates back to 1948 so she's been around a really long time um god I could there's a lot (laughs) electric theater um uh, it says Cinderella but it's definitely not the Disney movie uh police woman love boat Trapper John, um, Pound Puppies, <laughs> Garfield Oh, she was the grandma for Garfield Christmas. You ever see Garfield's Christmas, Tom? Yes, I did. She was the grandma. Okay. Uh, Garfield's Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know what, though? 
that's got to be like the best job, being like a voice actor. I t- if I had to pick a career, I would be a voice character because you're never going to be the same person once, twice. Not only that, but it, it's twofold. One, the work isn't hard because it's not physically demanding. No. You go into a booth, you speak. Yeah. You do what you got to do. You work maybe two hours a month and you get paid like $50,000. I don't know how much I get paid, but I'm sure she got paid well for Ursula. I mean, the merchandise alone. Oh, I'm sure that there's probably some sort of royalty in there. Has to be. And then the good thing about it, too, is like us. We, I didn't know that she was a grandma on Garfield, you know, Christmas. You learn it new and you're like, oh my God, how about that? Yeah. It's, It's. I always like doing that when, like, you find something about an actor that you never knew that they did. Like, today, I, uh, I was listening to a podcast about, uh, it was about the 80s, and they were talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know how, pretty much they were talking about how, in this season of Stranger Things, that there was, like, the Hellfire Club, and they all looked at him like Satanic Colts and this and that. Which is and, true. That was a real thing. I remember, I'm sure you do, too, when... Growing up, like, the Dungeons & Dragons crew, like, they were a little weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? But they actually talked about how it, there was this kid, and he was a childhood prodigy. He was in, I think, uh, Michigan State or University of Michigan, one or the other. It was a Michigan college at age 16. He was big in the Dungeons & Dragons, but he was like, you know, being that young kid in a college setting, he was always depressed and, you know, this and that. And he ended up committing suicide, but like they pinned that whole story on him being a Dungeons and Dragons kid, and they actually made a, I think it was a made-for-TV movie, but Tom Hanks played a character based off of him. So it's weird when you see things like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would have never put the two and two together that that character was based off of an actual event and all these, you know, stories going about it. But I, I, I love reading about that. Oh yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, uh, next up, Bill Russell. Bill Russell was an NBA player. Then he became a coach later on. Uh, played only for this Boston Celtics. Um, uh, from the what the fifties to the sixties, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at. His, listen to these stats. 11-time NBA champion. 11. He's, he has a pinky ring as a championship ring. He does. And he has a uh, left, a and he's one left ring. over. A, a pinky toe ring, that's <laughs> yeah. what I meant. 5-time NBA Most Valuable Player. 12-time All-Star. Number 6 is retired by the Celtics. Um, All-Defense team. 4-time rebounding champion. Lifetime achievement. I mean, his career highlights and award... Awards are insane. Two-time NBA champion as a coach. So he has two more on his feet. (laughs) 14,522 points in his career. 21,000 rebounds. 4,000 assists. Astronomical stats. And that's a big man with 4,000 Big dude. Yeah. He was, I think he was one of the original, like, giants in basketball. Oh, yeah. You know, it was like probably him and Will Chamberlain going at each other. Oh, absolutely. I mean... And it's funny It's funny you bring him up. Um, I have to take equipment upstate every once in a while to get uh, recertified, you know, refurbished and recertified. 
for my job. And I go to the cigar bar up there, you know, while, while I drop it off at the uh, place that it repairs it. I'll go to the cigar bar, you know, because I have time to kill. And there's actually a guy there who is his, like, driver and oh, like, yeah. best friend. Yeah. Huh. And he, he talks about him all the time. Whenever we're up there, like, it's one of those guys that, like, tells the same story every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's entertaining. So, like, I listen. And I guess, like, he, you know, and he played in the 50s and 60s when, you know, black people weren't well-received and, you know, make, being famous and making money. And especially in a northeast city, you know, it's, like, I guess even up there, he still had, you know, racism thrown well, at him. Well, Boston. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking Boston. Of course he did. But, like, I guess this guy said, you know, like, he, he used to get kicked out of places, and I, I think it was, um... Ah, oh, shit, I can't think of it. He was uh, Bob Cousy. Bob Cousy was his teammate back then. And, like, they would go to a restaurant, and Bob, you know, the driver would be with him and Cousy. And they'd be like, yeah, he's not welcome in here. And Cousy's like, you're going to fucking let him in. <laughs> or else. And, like, he's, because, you know, these were the two biggest names in, you know, or two of the biggest names, other than maybe for uh, the Red Sox at the time. In sports in Boston, they're like, if you don't let them in, like, we will fucking trash them. Like, they were yelping people before Yelp was out. Like, <laughs> if you if you fucking don't let him in, we're gonna fucking destroy your business. And like, he would be like the sole black guy eating in the restaurant. You know, they'd have servers there or busboys or whatnot. But he was like the sole guy in there that was actually able to patronize the place as a as a a guest, if you will. Wow. But he said he was a very nice guy, very humble, very gracious. You know, him and, uh, I guess, Red would have cigars together, and that's what kind of got this guy in the cigars. Because huh. Red uh, Allback was the coach then, and he was a big cigar guy. Hmm. Wow. So, but yeah, I mean, just a, 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 like one of the pioneers of why basketball probably led to this big man revolution. He was uh, the first NBA player to visit Africa. Um, <laughs> October 16, 2013, he was arrested for bringing his registered, loaded 38 caliber Smith & Wesson handgun to the Seattle-Tacoma International Airport. He was issued a citation and released. Uh, That's kind of If that happened in Russia, he'd be in jail he, for nine He years. sure would. He died at the ripe old age of 80. I, I, I like that uh, what we're doing is like... You know, usually on the graveyard we get a couple of guys who died before they should have, I guess you could say. Uh, this 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 list we have is all people like that lived a very long, great life. And I, I, yeah, we got like four hundred years of uh, life here. We we do actually. Uh, that brings us to our next guy is uh, Vin Scully, mm-hmm. uh, longtime announcer of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, he did it forever. Yeah, he he really did. I mean, I mean, without a doubt, uh, Mount Rushmore of a of a of an of announcers, wouldn't you say? For when you think like honestly, when I think of like the Dodgers, it's Sandy Koufax. I, I guess you could say Jackie Robinson, and it would be him. Like and, they, yeah, he didn't. And he was an announcer. Oh, absolutely. You know? He was just as part of the team as, as anybody else on that team. 
Yeah. And a very soothing voice. Like, he was a non-excitable guy. Like, and when I think of announcers now, like, I honestly hate, like, listening to sports announcers. There is a handful that I like. But if he was on my team, it would be, I'd be, like, happy because it was just, he knew how to call a game. It wasn't excitable. It wasn't, it was back-driven. You know, he, he knew, he knew any, any stat about the team. He was probably, if you will, probably the best announcer for baseball. I don't know who else you would maybe throw up in there. For baseball? Yeah. John Sterling? <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> well, listen, he's synonymous with the Yankees. You can't really deny that. I would go Rizzuto before I would go fucking Sterling. Oh, I loved Rizzuto. But Rizzuto was uh, was like a TV play by play guy, and only for Channel Eleven. <laughs> yeah. Um, he has the John longest. Sterling. He's the longest. Oh, God, I think of him and Susie, and I just want to. Well, listen, she. Listen, she sucks. I will say, not to take away from from Scully. Uh, Sterling's been announcing as long as I can remember. When he goes, it's going to be weird for me because I'm used yeah. to hearing that voice on the radio. As much as he he annoys me sometimes, and he's just he could be an idiot. His voice just it's synonymous with me with the Yankees. Where I'm listening, to, like I remember going on car, you know, riding in my car with my dad, listening to the Yankee game, and I remember hearing that voice. So it's hard to not think about it. But back to back to Vin. Um, Longest tenure with the Dodgers, with the exception of Tommy Lasorda. He went from 1950 to 2016, so he recently retired. Um, did he do the call with um, uh, the? Uh, oh, I can't. Oh, I can't. The, the, when the, the the hit with the Dodgers. Uh, oh my God! Right, Gibson. Yeah. Did he do that call or no? I'm assu- well. That was a World Series. So I don't know if he would have been on that. Maybe get, doing... But again, would the, if, if... I don't know because the Mets are like never in the World all Series. Right, re- I, I got what he did. Are you ready for this? You're going to enjoy one of them. 84 Dodgers winning the World Series. Uh, Ozzie Smith's game-winning home run in Game 5 of the 85 NLC Championship. The Mets' miracle rally in Game 6 of 86. Um, the 87 All-Star Game in Oakland which was deadlocked at 0-0 before Tim Raines uh, won the game. Um, Kirk, uh, Kirk Gibson, game-winning home run, game one of 88. So he did do that call. Um, I mean, Jesus Christ. It just You know what he also did, and this was his greatest achievement. What's that? He called Gary Carter's games when he played for the Dodgers. I guess so, yeah. There you go. That, I don't care about anything else. It was just those games. And here's an interesting fact. Born in the Bronx, and announced really? for their and announced for their crosstown rivals. <laughs> so now go, when did, go when figure. Did, when did Brooklyn go to LA? Mm, I want to say '59. So he was there for Brooklyn. Yeah, that's what I just said. He went from 1950 to 2016. So he was there for nine years or eight or nine years for Brooklyn. Yeah. So again, crosstown rivals. Um. Yeah, so... Think about this. Think how many pitches he had to call. Oh, my God. Millions. <laughs> like, I mean, just... Like, you know what? I wonder if in sports, does he have the most amount of words spoken during a, a career? It has to be. Oh, God. I mean... Baseball, 
baseball is a very slow moving game. 66 years? So I would have to say, yeah, I can't imagine anyone who announced that long. Yeah. How long, did, how, how long did Euchre announce for? He wasn't that long. Remember, he was playing in... That's right. The... Oh, God, Bob Euchre, be careful. Where's Bob Euchre at? Uh, he's, uh, he's not announcing anymore, right? No. No, yes, yes, he is. is he? <laughs> I just looked it up. Is he? He's still announcing. God bless him. As a, the Milwaukee, 1971. So he's nowhere near as close as uh, as uh, 88. So he he's, he's he better be careful. He'll be 103 still announcing just I, to beat him. You know what? I sure hope so because I love Bob Euchre. Voice a voice of the Indians in the in the 80s. <laughs> if he cannot, if, if he can still speak after having Andre's hands around his mm-hmm. neck, he's set. I think that is a, that is a steel that is a titanium uh, Adam's apple. I he's think got. he's good. Uh, I I love Bob Euchre, so I'm, I'm I had no idea he was still announcing, but I'm 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 delighted to see that he is. So it's funny though; they always talk about him. Not to get off uh, Scully, but. They always talk about how Euchre was a terrible player. He was. He was awful. (laughs) He was awful, but he still had, you know, he had, I think, uh, like 20-some home runs or something. No. Didn't he? He, I thought he had 23. No. (laughs) He didn't. he had 23 hits. He didn't even come. (laughs) It was probably 23 hits. No, I think he had, like, oh, God. Uh, I remember his average was, like, he only played like five or six years. Yeah. Uh, you know, let me let me scroll down. Let me. Oh yeah. Okay. Here we go. Batting average is two hundred. Home runs, fourteen. Fourteen. Runs okay. batted in. You want to take a guess? Seventy-four. You looked that up. I see. I saw the phone. No, I, I, I did not. No. <laughs> you bullshit. You didn't. You no way. You nailed that thing right on the head. No way. <laughs> I see your phone light. I see you. Your phone's lighted up. I see you. No, that, that's not true. <laughs> You're such a fucking asshole. <laughs> hey, he was a World Series champ. Uh, yeah, actually, he was. I was watching right. the game. It was in '64. Yeah, you're. <laughs> you're funny. Yeah. Oh, well, listen. It's rare that you could be an announcer and a, and a good baseball player and a good announcer. So he had to pick one or the other. So I, I think he's doing a pretty good job right now. <sighs> Didn't the Brewers win not that long ago? No, they, they never won a championship, right? Mm, nope. I don't think so. No, they sure not as hell didn't. They won a pennant in 82, but that's as close as he came to winning a World Series. Oh, well, anyway, so yeah, so Vince Scully's now gone. So we, you're right. Like we, four, that's like that's 400 years of what we just covered. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, well, do we have you want you? I know you wanted to announce something. Yes. We, you know, I guess leaving the graveyard is a, a good transition into what we're gonna do, but uh. I talked about how I've, I've gotten uh, a bunny in the past, Bugsy, and I've really, like, fallen in love with that. Like, I have, like, a new appreciation for pets, but we ended up getting a new one. <laughs> and 
it this it's five months old, so it's maybe like six months younger than Bugsy. But uh, we got Willow, and it's an adorable bunny. I'll maybe post a picture of it. But it's weird. This bunny, I think, is now when we got it from the breeder. They said the breeder said that uh, her boyfriend it didn't get along with males. Like it didn't like him. Oh boy. And, but now it's bit my wife. It's bit my one daughter. It doesn't like to be held, but it comes up to me and it'll give me like kisses. Really? Yeah, it comes right up to me. It'll kiss me right on the nose and just go back about her day. And I can like pet her without her like freaking out. So maybe I'm like a bunny whisperer here. And in two weeks, you'll announce on the podcast that the rabbit bit you and now you hate it. <laughs> um. No, Bugsy bit me once right on the chest. I was, I, I had her. She was sitting on my, you know, on my stomach, and she bit me on the chest. And I can't blame it. You know, the bunnies do nip. They, and I'll tell you this: their bites fucking hurt. They got these, like, when you talk about buck teeth, they got fucking four front teeth that will, like, little razors. Oh yeah. They, they're like fucking eagle talons, <laughs> but. Yeah, this little this little uh, girl likes me, so how I, f- I'm, I'm very happy about it. F- did, 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 did they have to do a lot of convincing to get you to agree to this, or no? I'm the second bunny, no. I actually wanted to get a third one, because the breeder, she's, going out of, she's getting out of the bunny business, and she had, she had Willow, business. and then she had another bunny, and the story about this bunny was, and we're still open to maybe getting her, so we'd have three. But um, when she was born, you know, a mother will clean it. And I guess the mother the mother was aggressively cleaning the bunny and ripped off its ear. Jesus fucking Christ. Rabbits suck, man. <laughs> yeah. So it has one ear. And I already picked out a perfect name for it. It would be Mick Floppy. Uh, I was, was going to say, you're going to call it Foley. Yeah. Mick Floppy. Mick Floppy. Like, what a great name. I agree with you. <laughs> I would have named it something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, how could you beat that? But yeah, I guess uh, it, it looks unusual because it has just one ear. And it's a white bunny, which I'm not really, like, it's all white. There's no, like, patches or anything on it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of those, but because it is a little bit of a, uh, a deformed bunny, I, I like it even more. It, it's got uh, It's got street cred. So whose rabbit is this? This one is technically uh, Cameron's. Okay. But I, I think she is uh, she is going towards the uh, dad route. I think I, I've been the front runner in her favorite right now, wow. of who she's the most affectionate with. Hmm. Wow. So, uh, how, yeah, I, how's I, I how's Riggs handling the new addition? Um, he just sniffs them. <laughs> he sniffs them. The cats are afraid of both of them. They they just run. Oh. Jesus Christ, I forgot about the cats. You have two cats, a dog, and two rabbits. And my mom has a dog. You, so we're two, two, Wait, wait, two. wait. Your mom? What dog does your mom have? Gracie. Oh, that's right. I forgot about... I forgot about... I forgot about Gracie. Yeah, it's like fucking Animal House. Jesus here. Christ, man. <laughs> You're just fucking adding on and adding on. And you want yeah. another one? You're insane. I, yeah. Well, we have a huge pen for it, so they can they, they, they can all go in there. Do they fight? Um. <laughs> yeah. Okay, they do. Honey, story. No, no, no. Um, 
when you have bunnies, what you have to do is so that they get acquainted with each other, you have to have them in separate cages. And they, so sniff, have they sniff each other out. Bugsy's in her normal uh, fenced-in, you know, crated or uh, fenced-in bunny house area, and now we have Willow in a dog crate. And okay. we, you know, you put them next to each other, and they're supposed to like sniff each other. And eventually, when they when they get comfortable with each other, they'll clean each other. That's like the sign that they're they're cool with each other. Okay. And in the meantime, you're supposed to. I, I hate this fucking word. We we're, you're supposed to have play dates with them, where you take them out of the cage <laughs> and let them let them socialize together. Okay. And again, they're both females. So we brought them out today, and Willow started going down the hallway, and Bugsy like came at her, essentially tackled her, and started humping her. <laughs> So, it, it, it's funny when you see a bunny hump because it, it's literally like like thumper. They're just going to town. Jesus Christ. And it's a female, and you're like, well, how does she know to do this? But then, Willow got out, jumped around, and then got on top of Bugsy and started humping her. So, you got so some lesbos. Like a, we got lesbians. <laughs> we got bunnies fucking scissoring in the house. God help you. Yeah. But again, you know, more more females to outnumber me. Is is Riggs a boy? Riggs is a boy, and Monty is a boy. So it's Monty. You still at Monty? Yep. Holy shit! You're at Monty for a long time. Yeah, he's I think twelve or thirteen, yeah. and then Lily's a year older than him. And still, wow, you've had those cats forever. Holy shit! Yeah. Wow. But yeah, I've got I've gotten a new appreciation for pets now. I, I was never a big pet guy as a, know. as a and I've really I've you really know. like fallen in love with these bunnies. I don't know what it is. They're just now whatever you do, don't close the chair on this one. All right. Hmm. That was not my fault. I was not even home at that time. But yeah, every time now it's you know where are the bunnies. I thought you said you. It? I thought you said you were. You're the one that closed the chair. No, no, no. I was at work. I was on a double. Oh, I thought you were there. No, no, I wasn't there. I got oh. the phone call at home about it. Or I got the phone call at work from home about it. Okay, okay. But yeah, now we have to do a head count on where all the uh, the bunnies yeah, are. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Now you don't want to do that fucking shit again. No. That was horrible. Well, congratulations to your family on the new addition. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Alright, well, uh, let's just wrap this up. Follow us on Twitter. Bull in the Ring PC, Instagram Bull Ring PC, Facebook under Joe Tom or Bull in the Ring. You can find us on Podbean, Podcoin, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Music. Hit the subscribe button and rate and review us so other people find us. Other people can find us. Sorry. Uh, anything you'd like to add before we go? Uh, no, not right now. Oh wow. Okay. Well, uh, I'll give an update on uh, the bunny situation. Oh, I week. I can't wait. Yes. All right. Well, until that that time comes. I am Joe. I am Tom. And we'll see you next time right here on Pulls in the Ring. Why